Can we do that? And let's, let's not forget that Romans 8, 27, 28 said, not most things, not some things, not Mondays, not Thursdays. It said, all things to those who love God. Wonderful. Yeah, thanks. Wonderful. I'm gonna brag on Brad for a second. From where he's been a year ago, that's all God. Hey man, he his family knows it. If you've been here any amount of time, you see God working in his life and his family's life. Thank you, brother, for being obedient to God. And God's got a calling on him to preach, and so he'll be back up here. Preaching, preaching the word of God, doing what God's called him to do, and it's 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 wonderful to see, wonderful. Watch God work in people's lives, and He's no respecter of person. He'll do it for each and every one of us. We can use excuses and excuses and excuses, all we want to, but at the end of the day, God still wants us to be His hands and His feet, and so we've got to do that. Be His voice. Amen. Amen. Um, one other announcement that was not in the bulletin, we got to get a slide for it. Um, on May the 15th, that is a Sunday in May, there is going to be a community-wide worship event. They had this last year over at the school, be in the school auditorium. Um, they're having, let's see, it'll be led, student-led um, Let's see, it says Zeke Smithson. Um, do you all know Zeke Smithson? He's going to be leading along with other, other students. And then um, they'll have um, Sean DeMars from American Gospel Documentary speaking that night. And then Undivided Worship, that's uh, Coach Lawrence's. He plays in that band, Christian band. They'll be providing worship that night. So it's a free event. We want to make sure all of our youth get ready and go to that. This is a youth event. We need to spread out and... And, and do that and support things in our community. I think this would be really good. So that is Sunday, May the 15th from 5 to 7 that night. So we'll be getting some more stuff out on that and, and helping and, and helping with that all we can. So And so also, you know, we said we got the yard sale this week. It's not just magically going to happen. So you got stuff. Bring it here. Um, you know, if you all need to get in, contact me. You know, I can be down here anytime this week. Leave a door unlocked, something where you can bring your stuff in that back room. Thursday, we would like, it would be good Thursday evening to start sorting stuff out, pricing stuff, um, getting things set up for Friday morning. We'll start at 7 that morning on Friday um, and then go till 12, 1 o'clock, I guess. And then Saturday, do the same thing all over again. So, so anyway, y'all got stuff y'all need to be going through. It's like, man, I to go through that and get rid of this. Well, then bring it here and let's get rid of it. So, but, uh, so that's it. So let's receive our offering just now. Amen. Amen. We do. We do. We do. We have a new addition. Do what? Three days old? Four days old. Four days old. What is her name? 
Amanda, well, it's good to have you here this morning. Good to have her here, and uh, I'm glad mother and daughter are doing well. You know, glad daddy's doing well, even though he's not here. I guess he's working this morning, hopefully sleeping. Keep that. <laughs> New father life, yeah, so it's good to have good to have you here this morning. And then good to have everybody here. You know, I didn't say this, but welcome you know, everybody here, we got some new people here, some people that haven't been here in a while. We thank you all for coming this morning. Welcome our online watchers this morning. I know I'm going to call him out. Tisha Jimbo is supposed to be at home watching this morning since he's not feeling good. So hopefully he is and he hears this and I'm looking at him and uh, I'll get a text from him later. Um, so I'm going to call him out on live TV. Um, so good. That's good. So if you got your offering ready, we'll pray and uh, we'll uh, ask God's blessings on, on, the, on the proceedings. Father, we just thank you for again this day and this time together, God. We just thank you for the word that has come forth already, God. God, that we stop making excuses. We start doing what you've told us to. We stop looking at other people to, to um, give us what we need and we look to you only because we know you're the one true physician. You're the one true healer that can get us through each and every day in our life, and we thank you for that. Thank you, God, that you, um, with the word that's going to come forth this morning, God, that you use me as a vessel to speak, and, and Father, on hearts and lives that are ready to receive. Father, your word today, what you have for us, and God, we go from what we hear today, and we take it, and we grow with it, and grow from it each and every day in our lives, and we thank you for that, God. We ask you for, for your hand on this um, these tithes and offerings this morning, Father, that you touch and bless each and every one that give. And, Father, you just do a special thing in their life. We just love you and we praise you for it all. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Y'all come ahead. Amen. Amen. Well, children can go to children's church this morning. You know, we've got a couple here ready to go. And the rest of you can turn to Mark chapter 7 this morning. We're going to be preaching out of Mark chapter chapter 7. So I just, I've already got a text from Jimbo, so he is watching this morning. That means that our, our internet stream is working, so that's awesome, so that's good. That's right. I have does not bother me a bit to call people out at all. I've been called out, so I don't mind calling others out. When you're when you're a, a pastor's son or child, you get called out a lot and used as examples. So I told my my daughters that are still here, I said, Y'all know, you're just gonna get used. Whatever. Might as well just get used to it. So But, all right, so Mark chapter 7, I want to talk this morning, and, and we'll get to the main text a little bit later about, you know, we, you see up here, we're going to read it, but the title of this is Comes From Within, 
And so we've, we've talked about this morning our praise and, and, you know, the breath of God that flows through us and it should all go back to Him. But we're going to read this morning some things that Jesus told a group of people about how that what they were saying sounded good, but their heart was nowhere around. was not even in it. And so you know, I don't believe that we're here as a collective group of people that that's Victory Fellowship this morning. I believe that what we do here is true and, and God honors our praises, don't get me wrong. But individually, we have things to work on. I have things to work on. My wife sitting here can tell you that I have things to work on. So, you know, we all have things in our life that we can get better at and need to get better at. But in, but in, Matthew, in Mark chapter 7, you know, these Pharisees, the holy, righteous people of the church, and in verse 1 it said, Then the Pharisees and some of the scribes came together, came together to him, having come from Jerusalem. Now they saw some of his disciples eat bread with the foul, that is, with unwashed hands, they were, they, and they found fault. For the Pharisees and all the Jews did not eat unless they washed their hands in a special way, holding the tradition of the elders. And when they come from the marketplace, they do not eat unless they wash. And there are many other things that they which they have received and hold, like the washing of cups, pitchers, copper vessels, and couches. Then the Pharisees and scribes asked him, Jesus, why do your disciples not walk according to the tradition of the elders, but bread, um, but, but eat bread with unwashed hands? So these first five verses lay out the religious people of the church, does it? Those that, that are stuck, and we've got to do it this way, it's got to be shown for this. You know, if we don't have this order in our church service, then, then it's just off. You know, you see on church signs now. And, you know, we'll have, they'll have a traditional service and a contemporary service. And I'm not talking about the mature generation, okay? That's the ones that want the traditional service. I'm not calling y'all out, I promise. But correct me if I'm wrong, you older generation, when things are like you like it, you don't want to change from it, right? Most of the time. And as we get older, all of us get that way. We don't like change. We like things to stay the same. Well, that's why there's two different services in a lot of these places. Because the, I don't agree with that stuff. I feel Jesus, and I've been told this. I've been told this. I feel, I feel Jesus more out of the red back hymnals than on words on the wall. That red back hymnal is not the Bible. It's not the living book. It's not the living book of church hymns, is it? I mean, it's words. And there's some of those words and some of those songs that, I mean, it's 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 worse than old country songs. I mean, it's depressing on some of that stuff. There's a lot of death talking about in those songs. Not a lot of life. But and and there's a lot of good songs out of that. But that's why you know when you get stuck in these churches and. You know, we've been guilty of it here of, well, it's got to be here and we've got to do this. We've got to be set in order here and we've got to have this here. If not, then, you know, it might make somebody uncomfortable today. Well, I, I pray that people come to church to get uncomfortable. Because if I'm up here just spewing out things that make you feel all jolly and good, then I'm no different than Tony Robbins out there doing some kind of motivational speaking. And I want to motivate you, but I want to motivate you according to the Word of God. 
not according to some set-down tradition and religion that we think it's got to happen this way or that way. I told Brad whenever he was you know, asking to do a devotion this morning, he said, well, I'm used to you know, getting something ready for a sermon, not you know, just a few minutes of preaching. I said, brother, if, if the Spirit moves and you keep going what you're doing, I'm not going to stop you. I don't want to do anything to hinder the Spirit of God from moving in this place as we assemble together. And in our lives, I don't want to do anything like that. And so, you know, I, gave, I said, have that freedom. Don't worry about, well, you've got to be five to ten minutes and no longer a pastor's going to look at you. Trust me, Pat's had that a lot, not since I've been pastoring, since somebody else was pastoring. He might have been looking over there at his watch. Amen. I, I wouldn't say that you ever done that. And Pat didn't care. He just talked longer. He just so. So he wouldn't even look. But no, I mean, and we do have to have order in our service. We need to have some type of structure instead of coming in here and just talking for a little bit and everybody go home. We've got to have something. But we can't let that stop the Spirit of God from moving. And that's what these scribes and Pharisees were doing. They didn't want God to move. They wanted to call out everything that was, well, that's not right from what we do with tradition. This is not right and this is not right. And we do that also in our modern day times, and it's been going on for a long time, but we'll want people in church. We want people to get saved. Well, as soon as they get saved, we start telling them, well, you can't do this. You need to stop talking like this. You can't wear that. You need to wear something else. You need to do this. And we tell them all the stuff that they can't do anymore instead of telling them about the goodness of God and how God can deliver them out of those things and let God work in their life to where they see things and God reveal to them, hey, I need, I need to change this. I need to do this different in my life. And instead of that, we, we try to push those things on people. Push them. I mean, sure, young Christians need some sort of guidance. But it's not for us to just tell them what they, this, 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 and this, because we're doing nothing different than these Pharisees are doing. We're setting down these things, and it's all traditions made of man. And, and we've said this before, every sign on every church building Baptist, Methodist, non-denominational, whatever it is, that's all man-made religion. There's no Baptist or Church of Christ or Methodist or non-denominational as we are. I tell people, I ask them, I say, well, you know, Victor Fellowship Church is where I pastor. What kind of church is that? Oh, we're non-denominational. Oh, okay. I've been going to the Baptist church. What does that matter? Why, why does that matter so much? John the Baptist, just because he was Baptist and we got the Baptist church, is not, the God, is not Jesus. He plainly said that, right? So it's not about him. It's not about any denomination on a church building. It's about Jesus. And when we can get past all that, then, then we'll start coming together as Jesus prayed as we read the past few weeks in John chapter 17 where he says he wants all of us to be one. To be one. Not divided. Like we are now. Not divided. So, in verse, in verse 6, Jesus, Jesus answered them back out of all this, and He said unto them, He said, Well, did Isaiah prophesy, you hypocrites? That's bold talk, ain't it? Bold talk. 
He said, Isaiah prophesied about you. And it's not just about them, it's about us today. He prophesied about us. If we're being hypocrites today, he prophesied about us. If we're doing things contrary to what we know we're doing, what we know the Word of God says, he's talking about us. Thousands of years ago, Isaiah prophesied about us. He said, he said these people honor me with their lips. We sit here and we sing praises. We sing these songs and we sound good. Come in the church doors with a smile on and, and everything's just fine. We honor God with their lips. To other Christians, we honor God. And that's good. We need to honor God with our lips. But he also goes on to say, but their heart is far from me. Mm. Their heart is far from me. We sound good, look good. Stand up here and do this and read God's Word, but where's our heart at? Is our heart for something greater than ourselves? Is our heart for something more than just, you know, God do a work in me? I want to see God do work in me, but I want Him to do work in other people around me. Trust me, you know, as, as becoming a pastor, I pray that God gives me a heart, a, more of a heart for people around me. And, and not that I hate people or don't want to be around people, but... You know, I want to care for others as Jesus cares for others. And that's not just a pastor thing. That's a child of God thing. But, but I, I'm more conscious of it now than I've ever been. And, you know, you know, you get into all these different things, but, you know, I want my life to reflect Him and His love flowing through me. And not just people see Mark Carroll, or oh, he's a new pastor of Victory. I, you know, that's fine, but I want them to see Jesus through me. So... He said, and in vain they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. For laying aside the commandment of God, you hold the traditions of men, the washing of pitchers and cups, and many other such things you do. Jesus didn't point out anything that wasn't the obvious there, did He? He didn't point out anything that, that went against what they were talking about. I mean, it was against what they were talking about. But, but he said they lay aside the commandments of God just so they can keep the traditions that they want to keep. We do that. We do that in our own lives. We, we lay aside the commandments of God and what He has for us so we can be pleased and justify our own life. So we can do those things that, that we want to do and, and kind of feel good about it, but knowing that we got the conviction of the Holy Spirit inside of us, and we push that aside and say, well, the grace of God, He's going to forgive me. There's nothing in the Ten Commandments that talks about the grace of God forgiving us, does it? Nothing in there. And that's what Jesus pointed them back to, and we're going to read that in a few minutes. You know, we, we can't hide our true self from everybody all the time. They're going to find out about us. They will. And, and so, you know, if I go, and I've been, I've been guilty of this, don't get me wrong, I can stand up here and preach and preach the Word of God, and if I don't watch it, I'll go home and act a different person than I am right now. And she'd probably say amen. <laughs> See, there you go. And it's true, and we're all guilty of that. Because here we can flip that light switch on, and as soon as we step out, we can flip it off because we're not around anymore. Nobody can see us. But we're not going to hide our true self from everybody at all times. So, so we can act holy now and then throw it all away, but we've got to honor God with our lips, yes, but we've got to honor Him with our heart. And, and so we, we, can't, we can't be fake. We can't be different 
just one way and, and one time another. We can't do that in our life. Do, does everybody remember what the Ten Commandments are? Besides, thou shalt not steal, kill, and covet thy neighbor. Does anybody do, do y'all remember the rest of it? All your father and mother. We're going to read that in a second, but I want to go back and we're going to read all of them. In Exodus, chapter 20. Since Jesus brings them up here in just a second, and in verse, starting in verse 9 and 10. So in Exodus chapter 20, we'll start in verse 1, and, and we're just going to read these real quick. And God spoke all these words, saying, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. You shall have no other gods before me. That did not change after Jesus died on the cross. That did not change when the new covenant come in. That did not change at all. We still should not have no other gods before God. The biggest God today that we put before God is I. We heard about this Wednesday night. If, if In our men's group, we're watching um, about the pride fall. And I got to thinking, I own one. Most people own a what phone? An iPhone, right? An iPhone. Do what? Oh, Samsung. It's the same thing. And it's all about I. And this I... And, Jesus, and God puts it as a little G, right? No other little G gods before Him. But if we don't watch it, this I will be capitalized and we'll be before God and there'll be our biggest idol that we have before God. We'll be our biggest God and we'll, we'll serve ourselves more than we serve others. We'll serve ourselves more than we serve God because it makes us feel good. Self-gratification, self-things that we just want and want and want and got to have and, and it's all about me and all this kind of stuff. No other gods before me that has not changed since Exodus, since he brought them out of the land of Egypt. You shall not make your yourself your yourself carved yourself a carved image, any likeness of anything that is that is in heaven above or that is in earth beneath, or that the water is under the earth. You shall not bow down to them nor serve them, for I am the Lord your God. I am a jealous God visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children to the third and fourth generations of those who hate me. That's rough. Those who hate God, He's visiting the third and fourth generation, but He didn't stop there, did He? These are the ones that hate Him, but these are the ones that love Him. But showing mercy to thousands to those who love me and keep my commandments. Mercy to thousands. Mercy and grace to us. We're, we're, if we're a child of God and we're striving to keep these commandments and, and keep what He's told us to do, then He's showing mercy to us, right? And, and so He didn't say a generation. He just said thousands. You shall not take the Lord your... Let's say, but yeah. So verse 7, You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes His name in vain. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. We have problems with that, don't we? Every day we should keep holy. But the Sabbath day we should keep holy. That, that didn't change after Jesus went and died on the cross. That's still the same today. None of this has changed. But we're going to read a little bit how Jesus made it clear how we can keep these by the two greatest commandments. So let's read on. Just a few more verses. 
Six days you shall labor and do your work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God, and you shall have no work. You, nor your son, nor your daughter, nor your male servant, nor female servant, nor your cattle, nor your stranger within your gates. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth and the sea and all in it, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. Verse 12, Honor your father and your mother that your days may be long on the land which the Lord your God has given you. You shall not murder. I don't know anybody in here that's had a problem with murdering people. Maybe in your minds you thought that or you said that, but I, I don't know that if you're in here today, you have probably not physically picked up something and murdered somebody, right? You haven't done that. So we read, as we read on, you'll start thinking you're good and, and you can, you're just great at everything you do. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You shall not lie. Nobody's ever done that, have we? We haven't lied. We haven't done anything against our neighbor or family or friends, whatever. None of that. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. Covet. You know what it is to covet? To want what they got. To want what they got. We talk about a lot in here. Social media is all about covet. Put all this beautiful stuff on there. Got to smile just right. Family's just right. Everybody's smiling good. You see our nice clean house, our, our nice new car, our nice this and nice that. And what, is that, what does that make other people do? I wish I had what they got. I wish I had this. I wish we could go and do that. I wish we could go to the beach every other weekend or go to the mountains or do this or whatever. You're starting to covet and want what they've got. How about want what God wants for you and stop worrying about what everybody else has got? Let's do that. Let's work on that. And, and stop, stop with all this other stuff that, that doesn't make a hill of beans because guess what? I just went to the funeral home the other night. There was none of his possessions laying there by that casket with him. None of them. He was there by himself with his family. No, no earthly possessions there. Why? Because you can't take them with you. You're not going to make you. It's not going to make you more eternally happy. It's just going to make you some, some little happy right now, and that's it. So right, let's read on. Not covet your neighbor's wife, which is good. Don't do that. Nor his male servant, a female servant, nor his ox, or his donkey, or anything that is in your neighbor's house. Ten Commandments. So we'll come back over to Mark chapter 7 and verse 9. And Jesus told them, talking to the Pharisees, He said, And He said to them, All too well you reject the commandments of God that you may keep your own traditions. For Moses said, Honor your father and your mother. We just read that. He who curses his father and mother, let, let him be put to death. But you say, if a man says to his father and mother, whatever profit you may have received from me is Corbin, that is a gift to God. So if I was to say to my parents, whatever I got is just all of God. So in that day and time, they could take, and you say, well, I just it's all God. I don't do anything for them anymore. I do it all for God. So I don't have to honor them. I don't have to do nothing for them anymore. It's just a gift from God. Jesus says, Then you no longer let him do anything for his father and mother, making the word of God, making the word of God of no effect. So if I say these things and I don't have to honor my father and mother anymore, and I say, Well, I don't live at home, I don't have to honor them. I've got 
children of my own. I've got grandchildren. Why do I got to honor them? I don't live at their house. Because they're still my father and my mother. And the Bible says it doesn't say a time to stop honoring your father and your mother. Just because you're a teenager or whatever doesn't give you the right to stop honoring them at any time. Doesn't give you the right because you're a certain age to talk back to them. Doesn't do any of that. It says honor your father and your mother so your days may be long on this earth. So I want my days to be long, so I have to continue to honor my father and my mother just as I was. You know, our relationship's different than it was when I lived at home 24 years ago. But I still have to honor them as my parents. I can't just brush it off as this or that, and there's nowhere it says to stop. So if I do anything, from what, from what I read Jesus is saying, if I do these things, and if, if I don't honor them, just speaking that, and he could have brought up a bunch of things. But if my heart's far removed and, I'm, and, and I do all these other things that I want to do, I'm making the Word of God have no effect in my life and the other people around me. The Word of God has no effect. Why? Because they see the things that I'm doing and it's not, it's not, it's not of God. So I'm up here just spewing out things and it has no effect on your life whatsoever. And that's not where we want to be. And it's not just me, it's any of us. Any of us. So let's read on real quick. We won't be a whole lot longer. It says, Of of no effect through your traditions which you have handed down and many such things that you do. Because Jesus also, He goes on, and this is not, you know, this is not even the part He even asked it what the greatest commandments was. Because in, in Matthew chapter 22, in verse 34, these same group of people, these same Pharisees came to him and called him master or teacher. And, and you know, they didn't believe that he was the true teacher. They, they were doing this out of spite, out of, you know, just being smart Alex and, and wanting to try to prove Jesus wrong. His whole time he was here in his earthly ministry, they set out to prove him wrong. Set out to prove him wrong. And, and it was still people around today. That, that set out in church to try to prove somebody else wrong. Or, or they want to argue with somebody about the Bible. Or they want to argue this point or that point. And, and they want to take, well, pastor said this, and I don't agree with that. We, if you don't agree with everything that I say, then I, I don't know what to tell you. Okay? I, I can't make you agree with me, and nor am I going to. I'm going to speak the Word of God and what He's given me to say. And, and it's, if I say something wrong that is way out of context, Please come tell me. I'm still learning. I haven't learned the whole Word of God yet or the whole Bible. There's still new things that come out all the time. And, and so I'm still learning those things. But Jesus was asked what the greatest commandment was. And in Matthew chapter 22 and verse 30, 34, He goes on to tell them. He said, but when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, am I in the right? Yep, okay. Where did we start? In verse 36, I'll start there. Teacher, what is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus said to them, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. All of us. If we do this, then these other ten that we so try, and he knew that they were trying to keep up with, and, you know, people still get stuck on that today. But if we do this, all these others, we'll, we'll still keep them. Why? Because if we're loving our God with all of our heart, all of our soul, 
all of our mind, all of our strength, everything about us. We're not going to be covenant our neighbors anything. We're not going to be killing people. We're not going to steal. We're not going to do all these other things that he told us not to do. We're not going to put any other guys before him because we're loving him with everything we got. There's no room for anything else but him. And, and so he said, and, and the first, this is the first and great commandment. And the second is like to it, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these commandments hang all the law and the prophets. All of the laws, all the 600 and something laws that they had to follow, all of those hung on loving God and then loving your neighbor as yourself. If we could, if we could just get to those, just something of those two, this world would be a much better place. If we could love our neighbor as ourselves. If we could love each other as God loves us and has shown His love to us. Then, you know, we could see God work and move in our own lives in the church in this building and the churches around Faultful this morning and around this area, if we could love each other as God's told us to, instead of letting strife and envy and all this covetousness come in and destroy those things. But that would be great. As we're going to read here in just a few minutes, we're going to skip down some verses. You know, Jesus, Jesus told, he told the crowd with them, he said, look, listen, if you can hear me here. Listen what i got to say. Let me turn back over to Mark chapter 7. He said, if you can hear, then, then listen and understand. He, he, he was telling all this to the Pharisees and the scribes and everybody, all the religious leaders, and he turned to the crowd because he didn't want them to think that he was just, just beating, brow beating them. But he was telling them like it is. So he wanted them to understand, look, this is what I'm saying to you. He says... In verse 15, there is nothing that enters a man from outside which can defile him, but the things which come out of him, those are the things that defile a man. So nothing we, we, we put in through our mouth, you know, whether we're dirty, clean hands, whatever, and that's what he's trying to get them to see. Nothing we can do with that is going to defile us, but what comes out of us will defile us. So what comes from within is what's going to defile us when it comes from here out, if our heart's not right. And of course, his disciples couldn't understand. Just like normal, we read that through all the, all the Gospels. The disciples, the ones that walked with him, the ones that ate with him, slept with him, couldn't understand what was going on. And so they have to ask him again, Jesus, tell us again what you're talking about. Tell us again. You know, we just don't get it. And so in verse 18, they had entered into a house. And in verse 18, Jesus says, Are you thus without understanding also? Hard place to be. Jesus, the Son of God, asking you. And there's other versions, other um, versions of the Bible that says, "Are you stupid? Are you dull? Are you are you just you know are you brain dead? You know what what's going on that you cannot just remotely see what I'm trying to do here?" And it's the same as us today. Are we that blind to what God's trying to do in our life that we just can't see anything else? And and. We, we can't see past our own self to see what He's trying to do. And that's where the disciples was. And so, He says, Because it does not enter His heart, but His stomach. So we all know, we eat food, it goes through our stomach, it comes out. Trying to get Tanner to do the come out part, other than a toilet. It's tough. It's tough. And potty training, I forgot how fun it was. Let's put it that way, with a, with a toddler. And so, so we, know, we know we do that. That happens. But he says what? In verse 20, 
He says, what comes out of a man, what comes out of a man that defiles a man? For within comes out of the heart of men, preceding evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murders, thefts, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lewdness, an evil eye, blasphemy, pride, foolishness. All of these evil things come from within and defile a man. All of these things. So he pretty much laid out everything we read in the Ten Commandments, right? He laid those out again, but says, you're not breaking them just blatantly, but from inside, in your, in your evil heart. He said, well, i got Jesus in my heart. You're still, these things can still come out. I'm sorry. If we allow these things to, they can still come out of our heart and out of our life, and people will see those things. And, and those things will happen. And, and you know, these, we, we go on, and you can read in, in different places where Jesus and Paul talks about that, that these are the end times and all these things are going to happen, right? All these things that happen. The love of people will wax cold. Pride will built up. You know, the children's love for their parents will go away. And we see that all the time. And so there's no more honoring your father and your mother like it should be. There's no more loving each other as it should be. And we, we preach all the time and we hear all the time that this is the end times, but we want things to change. It gets kind of confusing if we don't watch it. I mean, we pray for these things to change in people's lives, but then we know it's the end times we're going to see these other things more. So how do we pray? We pray that God's will be done in our hearts and lives, starting with us, right? That's how we pray. We pray that we do not end up with these evil things coming out. We pray that, that all these evil thoughts and, and all these other things that, that could come out of our hearts do not come out. And we're, we constantly, every day, filling our heart up with Jesus. Filling our minds up with Jesus. Filling our minds up with the Word of God. You know, praying, doing these things that, that will allow us to live the life that He's told us to live. You know, of all these things that Jesus talked about, and all these things that He's done, especially here, there's, there's still, not ever, even though we, everything's under grace, there's still, not ever in this Bible, any gray area for sin. There's no gray area for it. Well, whatever sin in your life, if it lines up with any of this stuff that He said can come out of your life, it's sin in your life. And we've got to get rid of those things. We've got to get rid of, of, the, of the, the pride especially. The pride. That's what we talked about earlier. The I. The I part of it. The me. The other gods is all pride. We've got to get rid of those things in our lives. And if we ever expect to do anything for God as He's told us to do and He wants us to do, We've got to rid ourselves of all these other things. All these things in our life and let God work totally and completely. And, and if you don't know what God wants you to do in your life, you will never will unless you pray, right? You never will unless you ask. And some people just don't want to ask because they don't want to do anything. They just want to fill a seat. God's called us more than just filling a seat. And if you're here today and, and God's called you and you know He's called you to do more in your life and you haven't done it, well, then you need to ask forgiveness of that and step up and do what God told you to do. You know, we get our children to play sports and baseball and all these kind of things, and we expect them and to stay in that box when they're up there batting, right? They got a 90-mile-an-hour fastball. Well, I say that. There ain't a lot of high school players that can throw that fast. 80, 82? Can you throw 82, Dawson? Can you? I mean, that's still a fastball coming at you. And we expect them to stay in this little box. And if they move out, we get mad at them. Stay in that box. Step up to the plate and stay in the box. 
what we tell them to do. But us as adults and their parents do not stay in the box. We do not step up to the plate. How are they going to know how to act unless we show them how to do? How are they going to know that? And, and so if we train them, and so if we're constantly, we're to the point in our life, you know, to where we're stepping up and we're ready to hit, and, and we got our eye on the ball and we're watching it, and we do those things, and we go through with what God's told us to do, then our children will see, hey, they're going on. There's hope. But if we're constantly stepping back and hoping that we walk to first base, then we've not done anything. We've not taken a chance. We've not taken a step of faith. We've not swung hoping we'll hit and we miss and we do something else, whatever. But God's called us to more than what we're doing right now. And that's each and every one. There's no age. We said that last week. There's no age on it whatsoever. So, so let's not let these things well up in our hearts and then come out. Let's, let's work on, on this one. If we're going to talk about I, we've got to work on me. And we all can point at ourselves and work on ourselves. So let's start these things today to where we work on ourselves and we, we fully trust God that He's going to change our life. And we start by those greatest commandments. Loving God with all of our heart, all of our soul, all of our mind, all of our strength, and loving each other as God loves us as we should. Amen? Amen. Amen. Y'all stand this morning. If you're here this morning, and Jesus is not Lord of your life, today, as we talk about every week, today is the day of salvation. Not tomorrow, not later today. We don't know what's going to happen when we walk out. But today is the day of salvation.